Welcome, podcast listeners, to Roll Radio, where each week we listen in as aspiring adventurers play the world's greatest role-playing game, Dungeons and Dragons. Join us as we travel to far-off Faerun, where we discover the Sword Coast in turmoil and in desperate need of heroes. Last time on Roll Radio... Before our brave heroes could even catch their breath, more goblinoids descended upon the tavern. Hairy, nasty bugbears, led by a wily goblin wielding a mighty scimitar named Sammy. Though they fought bravely with stiff elbows, feisty boars, and flames of green, it was not enough. And for the first time in their adventuring career, a party member fell in battle. With Elric down, Cullen called for vengeance. Esmir got fancy with her new boots. And Jake, well, completely forgot what he was doing. But eventually, Agma's blessing brought Elric back from the light and back into the fight. And soon the battle was won. Celebrations and corpse hiding were short-lived as more enemies arrived on the scene. Hobgoblins, who were searching for Gabula's killers. Against the party's wishes, Cullen put himself in harm's way to deter the enemies. But his plan didn't work out so well, and Cullen was soon on the floor. Agma and Firebolts were cursed. Glavelengths were compared. Sleeping Hobgoblins were decapitated. Has the entire goblin population been alerted to our hero's presence? Why is Elric such a vengeful person? When is an opportune time for your god to test you? And speaking of god, will the DM give our party a break? Or is he really having too much fun killing them? Who knows? Let's find out in this episode of Scourge of the Sword Coast. Okay, so we find ourselves again in the Jester's Pride, now with 50% more dead goblinoids. Because in the Jester's Pride, all life is precious. See? Except for goblinoids. They listen for Agma. So Elric just decapitated the last snoozing hobgoblin that Esmir put to sleep. What do you guys want to do? My vote was to go back to the storage room and lock ourselves in and try and take a long rest. I also want to remind everyone that you literally probably just woke up like an hour ago, if even. Yeah. Yeah, we just took a long rest. We can take a short rest. That's a half hour. The thing yeah. with rest is that you that you earn back. So I don't care about life points. I'm good with those. I care about spell slots. Cause I care otherwise. about my battle tactics, and I don't get those back unless I take a long rest. No, it should be a short rest for a battle, battle master maneuvers. My maneuvers? Oh, sorry, short even, rest. I get back action surge, second wind, and all my maneuvers. Right. And for a short rest, I can at least burn a hit die or two. And I and think try to that, get some hit points back. That is a um, one hour is a short rest, not a half hour. <clears throat> okay. Okay. Whatever you guys want to do. We're not as young as we used to be, as mere. I am fine either way, but I'm also fine carrying on and busting some heads before we take a long rest. I said we take a short rest. That would that's what I would vote for. And while our blades are hot, we go smash some more goblins face them. I Not that I enjoy it or anything. Okay. Where do we want to uh, do this rest? We can go in this, we'll just go in this closest room, because obviously there's guys, they could be on their way here right now, right? I mean, there seems yeah. to be chaos. Well, they'll check every door 
as far as I, I mean, right, no one wants to smash their face in. Yeah, well, let's do it then. No more okay. dilly-dallying. Sounds like we have a quorum. Okay. Okay. Okay, so you guys want to go into this little meeting room? So, again, it's a cozy little room with a single table and some stools, and the walls are lined with oiled wooden planks, and they're decorated with ceramic or ivory tiles. And you guys come in, close the door, settle in, and I'm going to give you guys a short rest here. I'm going to roll a hit die. Okay. See what happens. Ah. Four hit points. Okay, I'm going I'm to roll another hit die. Okay. There we go. Yes. That's better. That'll help. I got all mine back with my one hit die. Uh, 25 out of 28, so I'll, I'll, I'll take that. All my powers and maneuvers have returned. I am good to go. I'm as good as I've ever been. The one thing I wanted to do before we finish with this room is check and see if there are any, like, hidden compartments, secret panels, or if, and this very specifically, you said there was a mixture of types of tile. I want to look at that and see if there's some kind of, like, pattern to it that would give me some, you know, idea. Yeah, because what is this room really for? Going on. Okay, why don't you roll me perception or investigation? It was a bar. It was a tavern. Now it's just a graveyard. Okay, so Cullen, Mm -hmm. with that excellent perception roll, you do not find anything uh, secretive or special about the tiles, but as you're examining them, you realize that ten of them are indeed ivory and they could fetch you about 10 gold each to the right buyer. Is it heavy or cumbersome or big? They are each one pound. So I could take them and we could sell them? Yes. I will do that. Okay. Score, cha-ching. I think this is of value. I will take it. I wanted to talk about the the, uh, clues on the wall and see if what you guys think about what they might mean. <laughs> the You mean the graffiti yeah. and the vandalism yeah. in Shantae's uh, church? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, temple. Did you make something of it? You're the only one who can speak that language or read that language. Can we get a recap of what was said? Yep. Okay, so what you remember was written on the walls in Draconic was the master's heart Beats like a war drum in the forlorn hills. No, it wasn't Draconic. It was Infernal. The language of the devils of the hells. And another one said, His fire burns inside me. And another one said, Master, whisper to me the secrets of the hells. And another one said, He flies in spirit, but his body is bound by the blade. And another one said, the red wizard gave it wings of shadow. And the last one said, curse this goddess and her servants. Yeah, like a, sounds like a bunch of homages to their um, red wizard and their. What does that mean though? The bound by the sword. What does that mean to be bound by the sword? Either his soul is bound into the sword or this person's body is like some sort of slave to this, a spirit that already That's lives. That's what I so think is interesting. Is, These words that, linger in my mind, though. They're like poking me. What do they mean? I need to know. I'm the kind of, I'm the kind of gnome that needs to know. I think that the answer lies in the Forlorn Hills. What a terrible um, name. What a terrible name for a place. That's probably why only goblins live yeah. there. Welcome to, the, like, you want a free trip to the Forlorn Hills. <laughs> the Forlorn Hills. You live here. You'd be home by now. <laughs> if they, you get a call on your phone. Hi, my name's Mindy. You want a trip to the Forlorn Hills. Just have to sit right. through a goblinoid seminar. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Elric, during your short rest, is there anything that you would have wanted to do with your new Eldritch Knight abilities? I guess I could try to find familiar. 
you could do Find Familiar or Weapon Bond. Weapon Bond. Oh, that's the thing you need to do. Can you can... Each of those will take an hour, so you could probably spend your hour uh, short rest doing one or the other. All right, Weapon Bond. Okay. On your glaive, right? On my glaive. Okay. Do we have to watch so, him bond with his weapon? No. Uh, <laughs> it's, you know, it's kind of weird. got to take a pants off. It's really <laughs> weird. I'm going to exit the room. <laughs> okay. So as you guys are taking your short rest in this room, you guys notice that Elric is sitting in the corner by himself over there, cross-legged, and he's staring at his glaive, mumbling some words. And then after the rest, he stands up and you guys notice that his glaive is gone. And then he looks at you guys and holds out his hand and suddenly the glaive just teleports into his hand from nowhere. And he says, check it out, weapon bond, baby. So the cool thing with weapon bond is that once you have bonded a weapon to yourself, you can't be disarmed of that weapon unless you are incapacitated. If it is on the same plane of existence, you can summon that weapon as a bonus action on your turn, causing it to teleport instantly to your hand. All right. Sweet. All right. So now your short rest is over. What do you guys want to do? I say let's go out the far left-hand door where those guys came down. Okay. I'm going to take a listen at the door. Okay. Roll me perception. You do not hear anything. Mm. All right, let me check. Let me check. Scooch. I'm going to check, too. That's okay, because Jake... Can I do my investigate? I'm going to investigate the door instead of gotta... listening. Okay. Can I, can I do that? Sure. You I'm going to investigate. Oh, wow. So there must not be anything out there. Oh, and you... Um, you investigate the door and you find that it is just a normal door. Nothing strange about it. Perfect. Perfect. My favorite kind of door. See, I'm telling you, Esmir, I just cleaned out my ears last night. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, okay. I can see things at this angle that you don't. So, so can we <sighs> open the door slowly and peek outside? Okay, so you open the door and you look into this room. And the first thing you notice is a wooden staircase that leads up. The room is also lined with open and empty wooden lockers. Under the staircase, you see a copper tank connected to a copper pipe that runs in from the main room behind you there. And the tank, which has a spout, sits on an iron wood-burning stove. And next to it is a pile of firewood and several wooden buckets. You also notice about half a dozen bedrolls spread around on the floor. So I would like to inspect the lockers um, carefully, handling the locks to make sure they're not loaded with any... And as I described earlier, they're open and empty. Gotcha. Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't hear you. This is like the room where the Coke machine stuff is in the back, right? That's what that copper thing is, right? Is that sounds like a boiler, like some kind of primitive boiler for delivering hot water. Um, Come on, AC. Come on. I'm going to listen at the top of the stairs, see if I can hear anything that might be going on upstairs. Okay. You don't hear anything. Well, then I'll just go to the landing. Okay. Does it go anywhere from here? It does. There's a door that leads up. At the top of the landing, there's a door. Is it like a ladder trap door and a ceiling kind of thing? Nope. It's just like a regular door, like you're coming up from your basement. I'll listen at the door. Okay. See if there's anything to be discerned. And you do not hear anything. So I will crack open the door slowly. Is it locked? It is not locked as you jiggle the handle. And I will crack it open slowly and I will, I'll get out my little oil can. <sighs> you don't have an oil can. <laughs> oil can. Melted daubs of wax. Okay, so you open the door 
and you look into a finely furnished room. Oh, the mm. <laughs> Is it suspiciously <laughs> finely furnished? <laughs> okay. Uh, I'd like to hey, step inside and Jake. look for bookshelves. Yes. What? Doesn't this place look just a little off to you? I say, I say. Did you roll your it. perception? I never did roll my perception. Jake, I say, check this place out. Does this look a little fishy? I will roll my perception. What do I see? I say to uh, Jake, I say, Tudor, please let us enter the room first so that you might not come to harm. Something tells me, Cullen, that you just want to go and grab it to spoils first. <laughs> I know you, young man, I know you, and I know that bag of yours is full. <laughs> I plan on splitting my spoils with the entire group. That is fantastic, I just want the books. Okay, so Jake, with that perception roll, you feel that this place seems like a guest house. It has nice rooms, a polished copper tub, nice oaken furniture, fine bedding, like a nice B&B. But unfortunately, it has been completely trashed. And by your perception role, it looks to you that this is where those nasty bugbears were holding up. They have no appreciation for the finer things. Okay, so you guys go in and take a look around. It has several areas and rooms that uh, connect together to make up this guest house. And looking out the windows, you realize that you are in the upper portion of Jolkin, the raised section that you saw earlier when Asilius uh, flew over. So looking out the southern windows, you see the entrance to this guest house and a sign right outside that says, Jester's Pride Inn. And directly across from you, uh, built into the palisade, is a large wooden gate that leads down to the lower section of Jolkin. You see that it has been axed down and then haphazardly repaired recently. And from this vantage point, looking to the east, you see the entrance to the tavern and a sign that reads, The Jester's Pride. Out of the eastern windows, you see a large mound or hill that the Jester's Pride is under. Imagine like the Shire and how the hobbits built their homes in the earth. There's even an old tree right on top. Looking out the western windows, you see a large warehouse-looking type building and a guard tower next to the palisade, and you see a goblin pacing back and forth. Out the northern windows, you spy several smaller buildings and the second guard tower, again, with a goblin pacing back and forth. All right, so what we need to do, or what we can do, is um, this obviously, we can either leave out through the front door of this building, or we can try and leave out through the, the stairway out of the Jester's Pride. Otherwise, it's back down into the dungeon. So what is what is our goal? Is to um, clear out Jolkin <laughs> so we can bring all the people back? Well, yeah. they enslaved a bunch of them, so those people, unless we go wherever they are and rescue them, they're not coming back. Um, go and get them, yeah. Well, we told the uh, Dryad that we were going to take care of these goblins because they threaten her natural domain. Yeah. Of course. That's why we got to clear this place. So it doesn't matter if we... So, well, there's two ways of going about that. We either run out the door screaming, drawing attention to ourselves so that they all come at us and we kill them off, or we try and find a way to sneak around clandestinely. We should probably finish. We never did finish checking out the dungeons. That'd be my uh, suggestion. We go back the way we came and take the path we did not take. Okay. Yes. Sounds awesome to me. Okay. So you guys head back down the stairs into the cellars and then back into the main area of the Jester's Pride and you head past the kitchens into the tunnels that you came in. 
So you head down the stairs. Jake looks like you're first, and it's dark. Ah, candle. Candle. Let me go in front here. I can see. I'll bring up the uh, mirror. I'm going to peek around this corner. Okay. So you look around the corner, and you see the stone passageway that you guys came down earlier. And you you know that it tees and goes north towards the barracks where you fought Gabula, and then it continues to the west, and you see way down a set of stairs that go into another room, and there's a faint glow coming from that room, like from firelight. Okay. So I tell these guys, all right, at the end of the hallway, there's a room, and it seems like there might be somebody in there. Do you guys want to sneak up to that room? Yes. Okay, don't. <laughs> I, I give him the thumbs up <clears throat> so as not to draw attention to ourselves. Okay. Okay, so um, how are the rest of you seeing in the dark? I got, I've got a candle already equipped. Okay. All right, so you guys got your candles and you start making your way down the hallway. And I have a Silius. Well, I don't want to see through. I'm going to have him do a fly. I'm going to have him fly over here and see if he can look in the door and then come back. Can he do that? Mm-hmm. Sure. So you're going to go into your trance and no, look through No, I'm going to have eyes? him go and come back. Okay. I don't know if he's going to be able to see. It's pretty dark. What is now? Owl. It's <laughs> <laughs> what they do, man. Oh, they got big eyes. Okay. <laughs> woo, woo. And I can communicate with them just in in small amounts. So, so I'm gonna have them do that. And come back. Okay. So as you whistle, eight goblins no. come out of there. <laughs> I whistled in his head. They come out. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> Who's calling? <laughs> okay, so the kind of description you get from Massilius is that he flies in, it's a big room, nobody's in there. That's why, that's my boy. Good boy, little Chuchi. All right, so I tell, I tell I, hey guys, AC says it's a large room, but it's empty. Well, all right, let's make our way. So I want to make a quick dash to... You can't see me. I put my hand over my face and run by with my candle. <laughs> I feel like we're in an episode of Scooby-Doo. You guys get the candles and we're all tiptoeing. Uh-oh. <laughs> Nobody will see the lights shining off of the wall. We're holding our I candles. hope we don't meddle too much. So you come in here and you see a very large room. Oh, there's no door. There's no door. And you see a large space that is supported by two stone pillars. And in between these two pillars are uh, a couple of uh, braziers burning low, and that's what's illuminating this room. And you see in this space many barrels and boxes being stored here and the odor of wine and ale is strong in here. You also see four sleeping mats with fur pelts spread around the room in between some of the boxes. In the western corner is a staircase leading up, and to the south, you see a hallway. I'm going to investigate the barrels. Okay, so as Cullen's checking out the barrels, um, Elric, what are you doing? I want to investigate these crates. Okay. I would like to roll my eyes and say, has anybody looked down that hallway? And I want to go and look down the hallway. Okay. So Cullen and Jake, with your perception rolls, you can immediately tell that this is where the hobgoblins were staying. This was their space. In the crates, you find mostly dry goods, food, herbs, and in the barrels, you find ale and wine. Okay. So, Esmir, what do you see? So 
So, Esmir, as you make your way to this hallway, you look down, it's a short little hallway, and it leads into another room, a smaller room, and a very dark room. Barely any of the brazier light reaches into here. But what you can see is in the center of the room sits another well, similar to the one that you saw earlier. I see another hallway and one of those damn wells that I got a little nervous about before. (laughs) I don't know what it is about wells. (laughs) They kind of freak me out. Yeah. Also, I want to look and see what kind of animals the pelts are. Okay. So you start to go through the pelts and you see various types of animals, wolf, deer, you know, all kinds of uh, little woodland creature type uh, furs. Um, But as you're turning them over, uh, in one of the beddings, you find hidden under the pelts, a chest and it is unlocked and you open the chest and you find uh, in the chest, a pouch that contains about 60 gold pieces. And there's another pouch with 13 semi-precious stones. You also see a bag with assorted silverware that you can assume has been uh, stolen uh, from around Jolkin. And you also find three potions in the chest. Two of them are definitely potions of healing. The third one, you're not sure what it is. Hmm. All right. So, first of all, I apologize to all the animals that were killed for these assholes. Like, sorry, deer. Sorry, mink. Sorry, little critters. And I'm going to take one of the potions and give them to... I'm going to give Elric one potion. Well, thank you. And that's to share, obviously, whoever needs it the most. But usually if we're on opposite sides of the room... And I'm going to keep one. (laughs) You're such a mom. (laughs) That makes sense. Because a lot of times they're fighting. You guys are over there jumping on tables and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're going to split that up. And then I'm going to uh, just quickly, in, uh, you know, because we're not, I'm not going to sit here and like analyze the first. But I want to see, does it look familiar? Um, roll your arcana. Okay. So you see that this potion is separated into brown, silver, and gray layers resembling like bands of stone Mm. or layers of earth. And you shake the bottle as you're examining it, but it fails to mix the colors. The colors stay in their respective layers. They don't change or mix. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you get the idea that this is a potion of climbing. Sweet. That when you drink this potion, you gain a climbing speed equal to your walking speed for one hour. And during this time, you have advantage on strength or athletics checks that you make uh, to climb things. Hey guys, check out this kick-ass potion. (laughs) And I like, I swirl it in front of their faces and I'm like, isn't that cool? It's like a black and tan. I was about to say, it reminds me of the drink I once had. (laughs) This could come in handy. Okay, so the silverware, I'm not lugging this crap around. Grab the precious jewels. Grab exactly. the coins, grab the precious jewels and the potions, I'll take and let's the get them moving. I got, I got, uh, what do you call, capacity in my encumbrance. Can, can before we leave this room, can I yes, uh, take a turn to just check oh. and see if any of these crates or barrels move or reveal any kind of like secret compartments, trap doors, or hidden, hidden doors, spaces? Okay. You move all the crates and they all move, but nothing is revealed. That was worth looking. I join the others. The darkened hallway. I'm going to go down the hallway since I can see better. I'm going to follow uh, you. I'm going to go to the well and then I'm going to look around the well, see if I what I see down here. I'm going to stop here at this edge of this wall and light my candle, I guess. Okay, so in the dim light of your candle, 
and Esmir, with your dark vision, you see that unlike the rest of the uh, cellars, the ceiling here is of wood and has a hinged hatch in the middle of it mm. uh, that is about 15 feet from the floor. Mm. And you also see shelves on the west wall that hold buckets and water skins of various sizes. And near the entrance where you are, Jake, is a wooden crate containing empty glass bottles. And Esmir, at the well, you see that the wooden lattice that usually covers the well has been smashed to pieces, and the pieces, the pieces are scattered about the room. And Esmir, as you look down into the well, you see two glowing violet dots moving towards you from inside the well. Then suddenly, a creature flies out of the well. It looks like an emaciated wyvern with black skin. Oh. It is hideous, and its bones are also luminous, and you could see them glow through its skin. Esmir, as it flies out, it attacks you with its razor-sharp claws and teeth. Ooh. Roll initiative. Okay. See? See? Wells. And ever I, I look back down well. the hall and I say, Cullen, Elric, come on. No need for the noise. There's a monster in that well. Oh, shit. See, never trust a well. You said you didn't like it. I didn't like it. I didn't like the other one either. All right, here we go. It's going to attack you with its bite and claw. First with the bite. And it misses. And now it's gonna try and swipe at you with its sharp claws. And it misses again. God for that mage armor. All right, so it flies up into the sky, into the room, and we start with round one and Elric. All right. You hear this commotion in the other room, and you hear Jake yelling for you guys. All right, so I run in. So, so I move there, and I'm gonna shoot a firebolt at him. Okay. You're actually close enough with your glaive. Nobody can see anything except ah. for Esmir. Ah. And Jake with his I candle. Can, all, I can, all I can see is Jake's candle. But could I see the eyes of the beast? Sure. They are glowing. So I'm gonna target him. That's ten feet away. Okay, let's do it with a disadvantage, though. So that is uh, within glaive range, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll do the glaive instead because I do more damage. Um, I'm going to click disadvantage. Oh. You still hit? Damage. Even with disadvantage. Nice. Nine points of damage. Bonus action? Oh, bonus action. I knew there was something I had to do. Totally forgot. So I'm going to hit disadvantage again. That misses. Miss. All right, Esmir. You look down into the well and got a surprise. A strange winged creature is not too happy about your arrival and attacked you, but you managed to duck behind the lip of the well. And now it's hovering above you, poised to strike again. What do you do? Stinking magic bird. Sorry, Sorry, AC. It's okay. Um, I think it's animated undead. I am going to... I'm going to use a magic missile on it. Uh, using a level one spell. So that automatically hits, right? Yep. Heavy. You bastard. Oh, man. That's some good damage. And then... Okay. So one did three, another did four, and the third one did two. As the three darts fly out and hit him. Um, and then I'm going to tell Asilius to go to the corner and chill. Okay. Jake, you're up. So is it undead? Mm, roll me a perception or nature. Well, let's see. My nature is a zero. I do believe I will roll perception. Okay, so you perceive that it is not undead. It is a monstrosity. Oh, okay. Then what I will do is 
take out my crossbow. And I'm gonna try to stick it. Disadvantage. Oh, why? I want a disadvantage roll because you are holding a candle and now you're pulling out a crossbow. <laughs> yeah. So you're gonna have to put the candle down. <laughs> Zip it up there, Elric. In order to use the crossbow. Oh my two god. 20. You rolled two, two natural twenties. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> now he puts Go the ahead. candle down and it stays lit. <laughs> I think I'll drop the 20. <laughs> wow. Okay. Eight points of damage. Nice. All right. It is now the beast's turn. And he's going to continue attacking Esmir the gnome. First with its bite. And he hits. 3d4. 12 points of damage. I want to use my shield, my magic shield. Okay, cool. I have one spell slot. I have two spell slots. I'm going to use the one on my shield. So as a reaction, you're going to do that, and that raises your armor class to... What's your armor class? Uh, 16 with the mage armor. It's going to, with the shield, it'll raise it to 21. He will still hit you because he rolled a 22. So it doesn't help me at all then? Not with this attack, no. Well, I already said I was going to use it, so. Okay. Uh, yeah. And so he's going to hit me again anyway. He's so. going to try and hit you again, exactly. So here we go with the claws. And he rolls a 21, which still hits you. But our armor class is 21. Right. But if it's tied or above, it hits. Oh, great. Okay, here comes the damage. Oh. So Elric and Jake, you watch as this winged monstrosity dives at Esmir. She quickly conjures a magic shield, but it's not enough to stop the diving claws and bite. Her blood splatters on the lip of the well as her body is slammed to the ground. Her shield sputters out as her body goes limp. Okay, no one ever make fun of me again when I'm checking out wells. (laughs) When I'm rolling five times by a well and you guys make fun of me, remember me. All right, Colin, in the next room, you hear all this commotion and you hear Elric yelling, no, Esmir. Well, sir, um, the best I could do is get up to the well in the dark. Uh-huh. So instead of doing that, I'm going to take my action to light a torch. And then I will run into the room with one sword in a hand and a torch in the other hand. Okay. And I will run up here by my fallen comrade's side. Okay, Elric, you are up. Wait a minute. I could use my action surge to get an attack on this thing. You could. Let me do that. That is true. I will do what I can here. Keep my fingers crossed. I assume because I have the torch, I don't have disadvantage. Correct. And I could use it as a weapon in the next round. Yep. Hit. Die, you bloody beast. You killed it. Nice. Okay, so Cullen comes running around the corner and his torch illuminates the room. He sees the dark beast hovering over Esmir's unconscious body. Esmir! No! (laughs) He then leaps up and slices the creature along its chest. It falls to the ground next to Esmir and breathes its last foul breath. And in the flickering torchlight, you guys see the creature's skin begin to quiver and crawl, and its luminous bones begin to crack and shift. And before your very eyes, you watch as the winged beast transforms into a cow. A live cow or a dead cow? Uh, Definitely a dead cow. So, so a wizard transformed this cow into this monstrosity. Anyway, I do, I'm going to uh, help deliver some first aid, but I imagine yeah. Jake would have better 
luck. It is Elric's turn if he wants to do something. Well, I'm going to administer first aid. How do I do that? Roll a medicine check. Roll a medicine or, check. Oh, no, 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 no. Or you could just Skills. pour a potion of healing down her throat. <laughs> okay. Like, well, well, no, I, mean, I was going to I was gonna ask if I could do just that. Yep. Okay, so I shall pour my potion of healing down her throat. Okay. <laughs> and then either Esmir or Elric, someone roll 2d4 plus 2 to see how many hit points uh, Esmir gets back from that potion. 2d4 plus 2. Okay, so let me... All right, so Esmir, you got six hit points back. Okay. Um, say, <laughs> teacher, remember it is I who must blindly walk into danger. <laughs> is what I'm here for. All right, so what do you guys want to do now? I want to inspect the cow. Okay, roll Arcana. Ooh, my Arcana sucks. You have no idea what this thing is. It's just nasty cow. Esmir. You've got some good well, I, I'm going to open my pack and I take the potion of healing out. And I say, I just got this damn thing. And I take the potion of healing. Okay. 2d4 plus 2. Okay. Another 6 points of healing. I can roll my arcana. I've got a plus 4. Okay. What is this strange creature? You have no idea, have no idea. what this thing is. <laughs> Since you rolled a natural one, you have no idea. <laughs> in you fact, I get a, those chapters in the book. I get a headache. In fact, you think it's a cow. I think it's a cow. But it could be a horse. <laughs> or maybe it's a cat. It could, well, it's not a monkey. <laughs> I'm going to be like, all right, let me check this thing out, guys. And then I'm going to look at it, too. And I'm going to sniff it. And look at it. Okay, roll your arcana. Okay, so Esmir's like, step aside, please. And she rolls a 23. <laughs> and she sees that this is, you know what? I'm not even going to say it. I'm going to put it in the chat and whisper it to her. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to like, this is a darkened beast. It was created by the dark magic of Thayans. Thayans. Bastards. Thayans are the red wizards, right? They come from Thay, yeah. So you know what that means. Yeah, we Where have you to find curb, a Thayan altered cow, you're going to find one of those sons of bitches close by. Yeah, yeah. So with that role, Esmir, you know from your years of studying dusty magic tomes right. that you recall seeing this in a book of red wizard rituals. This is definitely their kind of sick and evil magic. And you remember that this spell was for the purposes of spying or as a um, creepy experiment sentinel yeah, yes <laughs> sentinel that's oh. the word I was looking for um, and you also recall that uh, that darkened beasts cannot stand sunlight mm. and that they only travel and do their things at okay. night because they can't stand the sunlight so this was definitely put here by the red wizard to keep an eye on things or keep them informed as to what was going on here yeah. in Chilton. So was it guarding the well or was it guarding the trap door? This probably goes out at night. Maybe it was just sleeping here. Well, there oh. doesn't seem to be anything worth guarding in this room, so That's you could sure. probably assume that it was just here because it was dark. Right. Well, napping, doing its thing. It's in its hideout. Until a gnome stuck its face down there. Yeah. All right. So I think it is safe to say that you guys have fully explored the cellars of Jolkin. All that's left to see is up above in the village proper. So what do you guys want to do? Okay. Let's go up that stairwell. All right. So you open up the door at the top of the stairs and you enter into a large open building. 
Imagine a warehouse or a barn. Large wooden beams support a thatched roof. Built in between these beams and connected to the walls are large platforms that form an upper storage area like a, like a loft area. And up there you see bales and bales of wool. On the ground you see piles of building materials, wood, bricks, sand. You also find more food stores, huge clay jars of grain, and there are no windows in this building, only two doors. On the southern wall are large doors like, like barn doors or garage doors, right? And in the northeastern corner is a regular door. You also see a hatch in this warehouse, and next to the hatch there is a large bucket on a chain attached to a small winch. Is this like a hatch to a well or a hatch to a roof, a ceiling? Uh, you can uh, put it together that this is the hatch that leads to the well where you guys just fought that darkened beast. Okay. Mm. So you guys can't really see out of this warehouse, but you know where you are because you just came up the steps from the well area and the storage space underneath. And uh, you can tell from your, uh, from uh, what you previously saw uh, when you guys were looking out the windows of the Jester's Pride Inn that this is the large uh, warehouse in the upper portion of Jolka. And this is the, the biggest building uh, in that upper portion. Okay. All right. What do you guys want to do? So if I put yeah. my pog where I think the door is, can you confirm that? That is correct. All right. So if we leave out this way, yeah, it's like a small low Jaunt. fence, a small paddock for like farm animals or something. Well, you uh, do you want to look through the door? I first I'm going to listen and then look. Okay. I've learned through experience pays to listen. Okay, so you do not uh, hear anything on the other side of that door, Cullen. Well, I'm going to crack it open a little bit and peek out and see if I see anything. Okay. You see a small uh, fence in, uh, encircling this little area here. And this building that's right across from the door you're at uh, is a small pavilion that has a half wall built around the wooden beams that support a thatched roof. And gaps in two places in the wall provide access to the pavilion. One next to the warehouse, directly across from you, and one that leads out to the main path here in the upper portion of Jolkin. The floor inside is wooden, and is arrayed with a number of long tables and benches as well as a stone fire pit. It feels like a gathering place or like a break room, right? Like a, like a pavilion that you would see in a public park. So there's a park. raised wall, but it only goes up to like, like waist high or something. So we'd be seen Correct. if we tried to go into that building. You could probably see through into there pretty easy. Yes. And you also uh, know from AC's previous flyovers and from what you uh, spied out the Jester's Pride in windows earlier today is that one building over from this pavilion is a guard tower. And Cullen, uh, also from this vantage point, you can also see the rear of the Jester's Pride Inn. And as you guys are looking around the warehouse, through the cracks, uh, in the planked walls, you see that directly south of this warehouse is the other guard tower. And to the southwest is another building that just looks like a, a house. I was thinking we could tr try and sneak around and get the guard out of this tower. There's a way that we could, and I was thinking that if we were to, if we were to exit the door where Colin is standing right now, and then go around the north end of that building, 
toward the west. Um, We would be able to kind of maneuver behind that tree that's to the west Mm -hmm. of the warehouse Mm -hmm. and scooch around alongside of that wall. And I think that there'd be a way that we could probably maintain cover. The only spot would be in that straight eye line from the corner of the guard tower between the tree and that house down there. You're talking about the southern tower, right? Right, exactly. I just have a couple of points to make here. That sounds like a sound plan, but there's two things. One, we don't know what's in the house that we're gonna be sneaking around. And two- We'll sweep the uh, house. Two, um, Esmir has only recently come back to us from the dead and doesn't have a lot of hit points. Should we try to take a short- rest and do a hit die or something yeah she's uh she's got 12 hit points yeah you drank two uh potions of healing and they each gave you six hit points for a total of 12 well i was gonna say if you'd like to take a rest the warehouse is probably the best place to do it right now in one of those loft areas behind a bunch of bales of uh wool okay okay all right, so we'll do that. Let's take short a rest. short rest. And then yeah. uh, if you want to roll a hit die down there, Esmir, okay. just click on that D6 there. That says the number three on it. Oh, Jeez. awesome. Well, you're full up. Okay. Yeah, that's all it takes. How many you got? 15? Do I, um, 17. Can I only do my arcane of restoration for one Yes. Once per long what? rest. Okay. So many rules. So I believe we should follow that um, path around that northern and western wall and sweep that house, like Esmir said. Okay. I, I say let's do that. Let's go around to that tree, then to that gray house. Sweep the house. Try to get an eye line on him around the house. Hold on, kids. One sec. I'm going to send Asilius on a, on a mission to eyeball the area for us. So I'm going to roll my eyes in the back of my head and have him go around real quick. Good idea. Okay. And I'm going to have him go. Do you want me to show you his route? Sure. He's going to go like this. He's going to go up and he's going to go around this house. He's going to look over here around like this and he's going to come back. Okay. Um, There is no activity on the ground in that area that he flew around, but there are goblins in that tower or a goblin in that tower he flew past. Okay. Did he see anything inside that house? No. Okay. But... It's kind of that difficult. That doesn't mean it's empty. He just right. saw a roof. No activity. No one roaming around Jolkin. Jolkin looks pretty uh, deserted right now. Okay. Just checking, make sure there aren't, there aren't any weird cow thingies. Uh, so, Colin, are you taking the lead? Sure. I carefully step out the door quietly as I can, vault over the low fence, and go around the corner of the building. And we and 10, we follow. 15, 20, I will follow him. Okay, so you guys follow Cullen and make your way behind the warehouse and to the western side of it. You have plenty of cover here. On one side of you is the tall warehouse, and on the other side is the 15-foot-tall wooden palisade. So, and then between the warehouse and the house you're heading for is a large oak tree. It's close to the palisade wall and you make it there no problem. And from here, you can see that it's about 25 feet to the back of that gray house you're heading for. And also about 60 feet away is the Southern Guard Tower. And you can see that the guard tower's like 20 feet tall and there's a ladder in the center that goes from the ground to the top of the tower. And in the tower, you can see the goblin and he's kind of pacing around, looking out in different areas. And then when the time is right, when he's looking the other way, you guys 
run across and make your way to the back of the house unseen. Clankety 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 clank. Jingle jingle jingle. And from where you guys are at there on the side of that house, looking through the windows, you do not see anything. It all seems empty and quiet. Um, Is there a window? Are the windows open that we could climb into? You could pull open some shutters, yes. I'm gonna, because since I have some stealth, can I go and peek, open the window and peek in? Sure. Do I need to roll myself? Sure. I want to like look through the shutter or something. Okay. So I'm not, jo- I'm not joking I, around when I, I say this. Is she tall enough? I pick her up. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I'm standing on top of my car anyway. I can do it by myself. <laughs> They're called pull-ups. They're working out. Well, I'm glad that you graduated to those. Shut up. <laughs> Old man. I'm going to be going back That's into cool. mine soon. You're a young whippersnapper. I'm having problems. Okay. Okay, um, so Esmir, you tell your teammates to step aside as you dismiss their offers of a boost. And with your new boots, you easily jump up and grab hold of the windowsill. But then as you're trying to pull yourself through the window, your foot slips and you slam your jaw on the sill and you fall back to the ground. Esmir! You shut up. You shut up. Jeez. So do I have I to roll anything it. to give her a boost? Do I, have I don't to need a boost. I just stand back up and I try it again. I'd like to remain, everybody remain quiet so we can hear if there's any movement. I don't need a goddamn boost. I'm stubborn. Do we hear anything? <laughs> uh, yes, I'm you do not hear anything. Tall. Okay. Then she made quite the clanging noise, I'm assuming. Yes. Um, I'm a little gnome. I just, and I have magic fluffy boots on. I just slipped and fell and went, tink. Not with that stealth roll. Not with that stealth roll. <laughs> okay, well then let's throw it into the window. I farted when that landed. <laughs> gnome farts. They're not small. Well, I'm glad you're in your pull-ups. So let's, <laughs> let's, let's push her through the window. Okay. So Jake just picks up uh, Esmir and push and lifts her through the window. Okay. I'm gonna pull myself up into the window. Okay. I believe I just did the same. All right, so you guys all crawled into this house here? All crawled into the house, yes. All right, so you guys enter this house and you see that it has an open room with a fireplace and a kitchen and a bedroom off to the side. It's nothing fancy, but from looking around, you get the idea that perhaps someone of import lived here, perhaps the mayor of Jolkin. But it's hard to tell because it has been ransacked. And you can see that if there was anything of value here, it is now gone. And you also see that there are windows on all the walls And from the eastern windows, you see a large tree. And just beyond it, the guard tower. What is the line of vision from there? Well, it's 20 feet high up in the air, so the line of vision isn't that great. But you do see the head of a goblin moving back and forth. Mm, But no clear shot. No clear shot. I think it's going to be difficult for anyone to get any kind of a range shot from this close okay. distance to the tower. So I think somebody's going to have to climb up on that ladder. It's all about the angle. Can we get up on the roof of this house? Mm, you probably could try and climb up there. But is yeah. the top of that tree going to be in the way of our eyesight? Uh, it's The tower so... is definitely above the tree. Right, but I'm saying if we were on top of the roof yeah. of the house, you could get a, we have a tree. You could get us. a clear shot over the tree. While you're doing that, I'm going to sneak out and get under that tree and try and make my way to the ladder in case you miss. Well, that's why I'm thinking that what we should do is we should wait until somebody is near the edge to be able to, if we do miss, they could just jump right into that guard tower and take the guy out. Okay. Should two that of us go? That sounds like fun. Which how should we split up then? Should two of us go to the ladder and two of us go to the roof? 
Yeah, th- three of us go to the roof and two, one of us go to the roof. I think we should go two and two. So I think maybe if Elric stays with Jake, me, then we can go to the roof. You can use your ranged weapon. I'll use my ranged weapon. Esmir I, has Elric stealth. Elric can use his firebolts because yeah, I have I firebolts. Right, that's what I'm talking about. And so, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and and because Esmir has stealth, she'd be better making her way up that ladder. Yeah. Allow me to propose this. You all have a ranged attack of some kind. All I've got is two axes. I can barely throw 100 feet or 10, 20 feet or whatever. So I, I think I should try and sneak up the ladder by well, you're myself. you're going to go, no, because you have no stealth, Tin Can well, Man. But that's the thing is, from 20 feet up in the air, all I have to do is make it from the tree to the bottom of the ladder. And then 20 feet up the ladder. Well, I'll be real careful. Okay. And and the ladder will be difficult terrain. All right. So So I want to go, I want to look out of this window and see, is there an, an, a way to get onto this rooftop? Yeah, I think if you went around the back, okay. there'd be like a wood pile or something that you could, or a barrel you could hoist yourself up on you. You'll have to make an athletics check. Okay. Okay. I got fancy boots. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm going to endeavor to make the first length to the tree. Should wait till we get up on the roof, maybe. That's okay. Oh, yeah, let's do that. All right, so uh, are we going to go up the back of the house, like by the the chimney? But I think that we should go over to this yeah. side because then we can lay down up here and get up to that eave and just lay there and and as we're kind of going up and hopefully not be seen laying on that rooftop. Okay. Well, um, Colin, if you're going, then start going. Are we Every, on the roof? Everyone you guys is... have to roll athletics checks yes. before you get on the roof. I'm waiting for that to happen first. Yes. All right, let, let me roll an athletics check. All right, everyone roll me an athletics check. Did I make it? Uh, waiting for Esmir. Oh my god. Esmir. Oh boy. Esmir goes running towards the woodpile, jumps, and then flies back through the window and back into the house. She's still getting used to her new boots there. Jake, as you're trying to climb up the woodpile, you put your foot on the barrel, you slip, and you fall back onto the ground. Oh, my back! Elric <laughs> makes it up no problem. <laughs> Good job! That's the way okay. to stiff elbow. I'm, I changed my mind and now I'm pissed off. I'm gonna go to find a stealthy spot here and I'm gonna send my Asilius when the time is right to deliver the shocking grasp. Okay. I would like I would like for Elric to help an old man up onto the rooftop if you can lend a hand. Give him can some I, advantage. Can I do that? Yes. Is it just giving him advantage or is it just kind of just reach down and grab? Yeah, you just reach down and help him up. So I made it. How? Did I, you? I didn't see you roll anything. Ah, shit. So, um... <laughs> Roll athletics with advantage. You can't see that Dungeons and Dragons. Okay, I rolled. It was real good. Oh, my. Two 20s. It was a good 220s. So I made it. I dropped my nine. So uh, Elric reaches down to give you a hand up, and he rolled a 29. And you, Elric, you pull him up so hard, you almost rip his arm out of his socket. And all right, you guys are finally on the roof. Jeez. Now I want you guys, Jake and Elric, to roll stealth. Okay. Stealth? Stealth? I'm laying down and crawling. Yeah, you're being stealthy. Jeez. He has to roll to see if his his butt cracks you. (laughs) Hey, so why did that, um, why did that just roll two? Was that disadvantage? Disadvantage because of our armor. Oh, oh that's why. Okay, so Esmir makes her way around the house as Elric is helping Jake get up on the roof. He finally helps the old guy up after a bunch of moaning and pissing and whining and groaning. <laughs> and he gets up onto the roof. It's not easy enough. And then they're doing their army crawl, making their way to the peak of the roof 
to get a line of sight on the goblin in the tower there, when suddenly, Jake's shield slips off his back and begins to slide down the roof. Falls off the roof's edge, bounces off the pile of firewood, and then slams into the ground. Well, this whole idea was a stupid, colossal <laughs> fucking waste of time. And so, after a day of exploring the rest of Joking Cellars, our heroes are stealthily making their move against the goblin overlords above. But will it be all for naught if Jake's shield wakes up every goblin this side of the Delambia River? And has the party meddled too much? And how loud are gnome farts? And is this whole idea a stupid, colossal fucking waste of time? Who knows? Tune in next week for more moaning, pissing, whining, and groaning on Roll Radio. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Roll Radio. Well, the end of this episode really shows one of my favorite things about role-playing games. And that is how the story you're trying to tell as the game master evolves, not only from the decisions that the players make, but also from their dice rolls. The best laid plans can suddenly fall apart if the dice aren't rolling in your favor. And that could dramatically change the story. And I just love that unpredictability. And I think it's one of the most common comments that I hear from people who've never played D&D. It's, they're like, oh, I, I never knew that that's what playing D&D was like. And then when they try it, they're hooked. So let's get more people hooked. Let's get them hooked on Roll Radio. Spread the word. Tell your friends. Tell them it's not just nerds fighting goblins, which it is, but it's really about a group of people telling a story together and hoping that their dice rolls let them tell the story in their favor, right? But it doesn't always work out that way. And that's what keeps it interesting and fun. And here at Roll Radio, we also make things interesting and fun through editing and adding in music and sound effects from Sirenscape. Check them out at sirenscape.com. And of course, we couldn't tell the story without Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition and the Scourge of the Sword Coast module, which are both properties of Wizards of the Coast. And there are lots of stories at dnd.wizards.com. Thanks again for listening. Tune in to the next episode where we'll see if there are any consequences from Jake's poor stealth roll. <laughs>